Welcome to the Sam Inshu podcast, where we talk to Sam Inshu's finest about martial arts, training, and life's smaller questions. In this conversation, we talk to Sensei Maceo Rogers about art, economic development, and martial arts. This conversation is brought to you by Box, who wants to remind you to think inside the box. So yeah. do you have any kind of a morning routine? Like, uh... Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm up, um, you know, I shower, um, I will uh, read the paper um, and watch a little bit of news uh, while I'm having my breakfast and um, uh, then I dress and I'm out. You know, that's pretty much the, uh, the routine. Now on Saturdays, it's pretty much the same thing, uh, except for um, Saturday, you know, I, I get up. I, I run, mm-hmm. I come back, I work out here at my home, mm-hmm. um, I shower, I get ready to go teach kids class. Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for the pandemic, I would be doing like a kata class or something like that afterwards, you know. What's your running like? like how, how far do you run? How many miles? About, about four miles now. I used to do a standard 10K, you know, uh, uh, on weekends. I used to do a lot of uh, races. Uh, uh, in my younger days, I still do them, but not as frequent, you know, oh. uh, and that's, that's, that's due a lot because of timing. Mm-hmm. I don't have the amount of time to uh, spend running as much as I used to in mm-hmm. terms of races. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do, uh, I do run every week. And okay. so, uh, that just keeps me, uh, you know, keeps me in shape mm-hmm. and, um, uh, keeps the lungs kind of blown out, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. And I do a lot of meditation when I'm when I'm uh, meditating when when I'm running as well. Meditating while running? Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, um, you know, I'm an artist, so I brainstorm a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I run, I can uh, more clearly kind of uh, reflect um, and 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 define things better. I can prioritize things and as I, as I'm running because I'm not so much running at, uh, to, to, um, uh, try and work up a sweat. I it's you know, I'm used to it now. So it's, it's just part of my lifestyle. Mm. So I can run without having to think about, uh, putting a lot of muscle into it, mm-hmm. uh, because it's just part of what I do. So that allows me to reflect on my week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it allows me to, um, um, think about, you know, the, the day, uh, ahead or days ahead. Uh, so yeah, so it allows me to um, uh, to focus or concentrate or simply relax my mind on something else um, other than just running itself. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of my best ideas come when I'm running, and and it might be that I'm not even thinking mm-hmm. along those lines. It just pops into your head. It could mm-hmm. be a passing idea, mm-hmm. um, and then other times it could be an idea that sticks, and so. Uh, if I'm working on a project, for example, and mm-hmm. I get back home, particularly if that idea sticks, mm-hmm. then I'm going to likely sketch or do some studies, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'll develop it from there. Okay. Uh, can you think of a, an idea that you came that came to you when you're running, like uh, example? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was running once and, um, I, you know, I was just feeling uh, uh, patriotic. Uh, but I was running along the uh, uh, the beach. Um, yeah. my, you know, I was on vacation. I wasn't married at the time, but uh, I was on vacation with some friends and uh, uh, running along the beach. And you know, stopped 
to see, uh, to check out some, some seashells. Mm. And uh, you had, um, you know, um, uh, some starfish there that were just kind of like right there on the edge, small, but, you mm. know, yet they were starfish. And so it started me thinking about uh, the flag, mm -hmm. uh, the American flag. And so I did a, um, a, a piece that um, dealt with the, uh, the sea and the flag uh, in that I, I took the symbolic stars mm -hmm. uh, on the flag and I replaced them with, with uh, uh, starfish mm -hmm. uh, that had the texture and all that kind of stuff. And then it was kind of uh, uh, draped along the, uh, on the sand. So I had this thing with sand and the flag. And uh, um, so it was one of those things that appealed to me how we take many of our ideas from nature and we, uh, um, we, we do something with it. And so mm -hmm. for me, it was just being creative. And, mm -hmm. uh, and that was a painting that I did back in 1986 and actually sold it to a, a corporation. Uh, oh, wow. so, so, I, so that was one idea. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so that's how a lot of that happens though. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it, it seems to, to occur when it's like that very easy because it just comes to you naturally. Yeah, and if it does, like I say, come to you that way, and it's something that that um, sticks with you, mm -hmm. then you want to see how you might develop that moving forward. So you might press that idea uh, beyond what may have just entered your head at the time, and see what creativeness you can apply. Uh, and then, of course, you know the ultimate goal is to share that, you know, uh, with others. Like maybe put it on display, do an art show, or something like that. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Nice. So you mentioned you are an artist, right? Yes. So, um, how did you get into art? Uh, you know, I, I discovered that about myself uh, when I was growing up. I, I, I for oh. some reason, I, I would see other kids. This is when I was in grade school. Okay. I'd draw and, and do things like that. And it was one of those things that I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we would have, you know, assignments where we had to draw, Mm -hmm. um, for classwork, um, you know, I couldn't draw. So my dad would do it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I would look around and see other kids being able to do stuff, um, uh, pretty much on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just didn't have that knack at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I became nine years old, or at least when I was in the fourth grade, um, one of those moments when we were, um, asked to either do homework sit and be quiet or just put our head on our desk and take a nap or whatever. It was like that recess hour. Mm -hmm. So I completed my homework. I, I didn't want to sleep. Uh, so I took out my uh, notebook and I, I just started like marking mm -hmm. on the paper. But I noticed that I was actually doing more than just marking. I was actually now drawing. I was drawing shapes. I was drawing forms, um, uh, objects. And, and so uh, then I found myself just kind of wandering or drifting off into drawing uh, cartoon characters. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, it triggered my interest. Mm -hmm. um, I was extremely passionate mm -hmm. at that moment in time about drawing because for one who never could do it, but always wanted to, mm -hmm. uh, this was extremely exciting to me. And, and I was like, wow, I'm actually drawing. I mean, it was, uh, uh, again, one of those, those moments that, 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 that something is revealed about you that perhaps you didn't realize. And, uh, 
And maybe it was always there, but I didn't perhaps challenge myself enough in the earlier years mm-hmm. or just didn't realize that with a little patience, mm-hmm. uh, I could actually do this. Mm-hmm. And so it just happened naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't forced. It just, you know, I was not doing anything and suddenly it just started. It's almost like it, it took on its own kind of, um, um, uh, you know, um, uncontrollable like doing because mm-hmm. I felt that I wasn't really doing it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just happening, you know, yeah. almost like an autopilot type thing where oh. I was suddenly not in control, but things were happening. So, <laughs> wow. so I locked in at that moment and, and just never let go. So How what did you do before? So I want to go back a little bit. Like when you first discovered like drawing, like you say you, you didn't have a neck or you were like maybe not good at it, right? And But mm-hmm. to, the, to the period of nine, What's the period between that and the nine years old when you discover, like, oh, I'm actually good at it? What did you do between that period of time? Did you practice or did you? No, just I, I played. I, you know, I was, I, was, I was a typical kid, uh, played like everybody else, um, you know, uh, run around, you play, um, um, uh, you know, baseball in the streets, basketball. Um, you know, we would challenge each other, buddies that I grew up with, uh, in terms of doing street race racing, that sort of thing, you yeah. know, so, um, I like throwing rocks just like any other kid, you know, but did, but and, uh, playing practice, with sticks. Yeah. Huh? Did, you, did you, did you practice drawing at all during that time? Not, not really. Uh, like I said, I, I, I didn't practice it at all when I was, it just kicked in. I mean, because, uh, when I, when I, I felt in the first grade that I couldn't do it, I just never picked up an object to try it again. Uh-huh. But that time, it just happened, and it was just, um, yeah, it was like magic. Interesting, wow. Yeah, so, it, just, it, was, it was just like, boom, right there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point, Ned. Uh, yeah, wow, that's, that's kind of amazing that it just came to you somehow, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and like I say now, my, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting because my dad could draw. Mm. And, and so I think that the, the, the skill set or the talent may have always been there, but uh, I I yet to discover it at that point. So when 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 that happened, it's like, oh wow, you know, I'm actually doing this. This this is this is great, you know. Oh, uh, and so and it just never left me, you know. I see, I see. So you you, you your dad was an artist as well. Well, he he had the talent, but he didn't he didn't press it, you know. Um, um, he um, uh, he didn't have the time. He had uh, uh, three uh, uh, three young boys yeah. uh, that he and my mom were trying to raise. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he was working every day. Uh, he he did cut cut a lot of hair in terms of his uh, regular job, mm-hmm. but uh, when he got home in the evenings, he was uh, completely exhausted. And so to um, uh, to try and uh, I guess exercise his talent in that way was probably mm-hmm. uh, uh, not going to happen just because of uh, of the time that he yeah, yeah. he, uh, he, he, he did have. For that. Yeah, yeah. Was he? Uh, what did he do? Uh, he he was um, uh, he was a machine operator. Um, uh, I grew up in the, in the in the deep south portion of Georgia, mm-hmm. and um, uh, where you have a lot of um, um, uh, timber, a uh, lot of wood, and so wood industry was uh, uh, was was really the main occupation uh, there in the, in the town that I grew up in, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a small town in southwest Georgia called Cuthbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the wood industry at that time was really thriving. And so my, my dad operated this machine that would, um, uh, that would, would, uh, strip, 
you know, wood or trees uh, of its bark. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it would be processed and sliced and cut into to boards and things like that, or wood chips or whatever. I see. Nice. So, um, so how was it like growing up in Cuthbert, Georgia? Uh, Cuthbert, C-U-T-H-B-E-R-T. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cuthbert, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. How was it like growing up there? How was it growing up there in Cuthbert? Well, you know, so it's a small community, uh, yeah. rural. Um, so, um, uh, not big at all, no traffic lights or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, everyone, there's you know, not a whole lot to do. I mean, you know, you, you go to school, uh, if you're in school, you came home, you played, you got your homework and you called it a day, uh, uh for folk that did work, uh, like my parents, you know, you go to work, come home, you have dinner and you call it a day, you know, now my dad, because as, as I mentioned, he cut hair, he would have. Um, a lot of um, uh, friends, neighbors that would come over to uh, get their hair cut. Oh. Uh, he never established a business as a barber, mm-hmm. but he could have if he had pursued it because he was he was uh, he was quite good at that. Oh wow! So he he was quite uh, he was he was quite he, he has quite a few skills. Now, uh, do not yeah, 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 yeah. That's some skill sets there. Yeah, absolutely. And then drawing too. Yeah. 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 Well, they, did your parents encourage you to pursue art? Well, you know, actually, because I, I enjoyed it so much myself, um, uh, didn't have to. Uh, matter of fact, you know, I would do side jobs, mm. um, you know, cutting grass, um, raking leaves, um, uh, picking up um, uh, pecans and things like that. So whatever money I made, you know, I would, um, uh, once I discovered that I really enjoyed this, I would, I would buy art supplies with it. Mm. So, um, you know, pads, pencils, uh, paints, uh, you name it. Uh, I was getting that stuff because um, wow. I was so, you know, really um, uh, passionate about it, uh, engrossed in it, that that's what I wanted to do. Oh, wow. Uh, do you have a creative process? Yeah. I mean, so um, the thought, first of all, it, you know, you got the idea. Mm. Um, and for me, if the idea is there, now I want to see um, about developing it. Mm. Um, uh, and normally that's going to be doodling. It could be doing some rough sketches um, and nothing serious uh, because all I'm trying to do is, is, uh, is, is really um, uh, develop the idea of where I want to take this. You know, and I always, uh, in most cases, you know, um, uh, once I get the idea down, the finished product I can see before I even start that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so, um, but that's generally the process. I have an idea. I like the idea. Now I want to develop the idea. And now I want to um, actually, um, um, you know, formalize it, meaning that I'm going to do the actual work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 bring about a finished product. Mm. So, for for people who are not artistic, uh, so how how can we be more creative? What do you think? Like, do you have any uh, secret for uh, for other people can be more creative? Yeah, you know, I always say that everybody has an imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, you know, can be a little bit out there, but that's, that's fine because that's, that's a good thing, you know. Yeah. Um, now, you got an imagination, meaning that you got an idea. Uh, you may have to um, 
connect with someone that could help you develop that mm-hmm. um, or, or bring it into, uh, uh, bring it to fruition. Mm-hmm. But um, as long as you got some degree of imagination, uh, I mean, uh, the sky's the limit, uh, so to speak. Uh, all you need to do is pursue it if you have the interest uh, and the wherewithal to do so. Mm-hmm. And you, you'll be amazed at what can, uh, can come about. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you, do you need inspiration to create or do you just, you can do it on command? Oh man. I, because I love it so much, you, uh, it's, it's pop the finger. Um, oh. it's, yeah, it's, it's, wow. I mean, I, I don't have to, I mean, I would do that stuff every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that probably sounds, sounds a little ironic in that, you know, well, why aren't you doing it every day, you know? But as I mentioned, um, um, I don't handle the, the, the uh, I guess, the stress aspect of it. Like I say, if I have to think about how I'm going to, uh, um, you know, pay for certain things that would allow me mm-hmm. to continue doing that, yeah. um, you know, if I, if I can't get <clears throat> the tools and supplies to create the work of art, Mm-hmm. then it, it, you know, it's just an idea in my head and I, I can never, you know, put it out there. Yeah. But if I have the means and the resources that, that are necessary to now go to work with that, um, then, you know, I will certainly do that. You know, by, by the way, when I was growing up, um, you know, the, the yard was my canvas mm. uh, because we didn't have grass. And so yeah. on, a, on a day that it would rain, I would always rush out mm. uh, afterwards uh, and play in the yard. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is that I would just draw because the surface would be somewhat soft. And so, you know, I could, um, I could really make some, some pretty cool stuff. So I drew all over the yard. I mean, every place that you can imagine had had marks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is that why you mentioned uh, in your, I think your art profile that dirt is one of the medium you use? Yeah, yeah, that's where that come from. I mean, I I, I go out and dig, dig up dirt uh, from the backyard and I create yeah. art with it. And then I turn around and sell it. Well, what, what kind of art do you create from dirt? Oh, uh, mostly it's, it's, it's raw dirt. So, um, you know, I go out and collect dirt um, in its natural form, its natural color. Yeah. So I will collect red dirt. I'm, I, you see a lot of red dirt around Atlanta at construction sites, mm-hmm. uh, black dirt and white dirt. Uh, you get down in the south, you get uh, these 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 um, tones of dirt. So you can get several uh-huh. tones of like brown dirt, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have the yellow dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and then of course, and when you go out, kind of like in in the uh, uh, not so much in the woods, but uh, there, Georgia has uh, a lot of what's called kaolin, mm-hmm. uh, which is clay, mm-hmm. and um, uh, when it rains. Um, and you create the, these streams, then you know the, the the mineral content of the kaolin with the rain and everything that's being washed uh, through you know crevices and creeks and things like that tends to uh, generate a, a different color. Mm. So you will have like lavender, for example. Oh wow! Uh, you'd have like blue and 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 different degrees of red or shades of reds or tones of red. And so I would collect that stuff. Mm. And then I would come back and create a piece of art with it. Uh, then I would put it in a show and lo and behold, somebody finds it strikingly interesting and, and they want to uh, purchase it. So that's one way that I create it. So I just use it in this raw, natural color. Mm-hmm. Another way is that I use it as a texture mm. um, um, or surface on the canvas 
-hmm. or on whatever material I might be working on, such as like maybe a sheet of masonite. Mm -hmm. So I'll use um, dirt mixed with say what's called um, a gesso, which is a primer for you know painting on canvas and all that kind of stuff. So I mix that in and now the surface is suddenly bumpy, rough and rocky. Mm -hmm. And then I will paint on that because uh, it allows me to be and forces me to be very uh, loose. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I can get very uh, detailed and technical with what I'm doing and very mm -hmm. tight. So for me to kind of break that, um, uh, break that hold or that grip, Mm -hmm. um, I can't be too tight when the surface is just rough and rocky. So mm -hmm. I just go with it, you know, and, yeah, and, yeah. and let things develop naturally from that. And, and interestingly, you can come out with some really striking, striking uh, um, uh, angles, mm -hmm. uh, designs, um, uh, you know, just the, the way that the, the paint rests on that surface. So it becomes a very intriguing kind of uh, uh, concept. Mm -hmm. uh, more so because you know you're not working on a smooth surface, but something yeah. that's very rough in texture. I, yeah, so you're not trying to, you kind of work with the median, kind of, kind of uh, work with the median instead of just controlling everything yourself. There you go. Absolutely. There you go. That's, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, what was your first sale of art that you ever? Done? Oh wow! Um, I was my first sale of art was. Uh, uh, you know, I used to I used to do um, things when I was like in the, in fifth grade. I would create um, um, little jewelry pieces um, mm -hmm. with dirt. I would take um, uh, sand and I would apply it to like say uh, I would cut out a shape uh, of cardboard and I would take some glue and and put it on there and I take sand just plain plain old uh, play sand. Mm -hmm. Sprinkle that on, let it dry, and then I'll come back and paint it. So, uh, interestingly, I created a lot of uh, uh, kind of uh, dirt uh, jewelry type pieces like that, like say, you know, something that you could wear around your neck, like a necklace. Mm -hmm. So, I'd yeah. buy a chain uh, from the Five and Dime store mm -hmm. and um, uh, attach it to that, that object, mm -hmm. which might be something just like a shape, like a triangle or yeah. a circle or something like that. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, people wanted to. Um, um, uh, purchase it because, you know, I'd paint it, have a nice little slick design coloration wise. And, um, uh, and so it became, uh, uh strikingly, um, uh, interesting to, to many folk. I, I sold that mostly to students, uh, peers of mine that I was in school with. But when I became, uh, uh got into uh, junior high school, mm -hmm. um, I started selling to the principals and my mm -hmm. teachers. Mm. And um, and so for one thing led to another. So all through my uh, my high school years, I sold a lot of my art. Wow. And even when I started college, I, I did the same thing. So it was pretty it was pretty cool. You were hustling. I was hustling. I, I was a hustler. That's correct. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, two of your pieces, uh, your artwork that kind of strike me uh, is uh, one is the, the big one. Yeah. And the other one is the meeting. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Do, you, do they have a story behind those? Those? Yeah. So the big one is I'm you know, thinking that you're talking, you're referring to the the, uh, the little kid with the baseball bat. Yeah. And the, and the big ball. Yeah. So yeah, no, no, dogs giving the ball to a little kid, right? Right, right, right. So, so, so the deal there was that uh, you have this little kid. You know, my my son used to play um, uh, t-ball, mm -hmm. which is where that that uh, painting actually came from. You know, mm -hmm. and so. Yeah. Um, um, 
when he uh, when he was growing up, um, uh, not so much that I was I was that man standing over him, but yeah. with that in that position. But I have had uh, the ball held the ball in my hand and and was trying to give him you mm -hmm. know some some pointers you know about um, the ball coming towards him mm -hmm. at a fairly fast speed you know, not too fast because you know this is this is t-ball and all that kind of stuff but the whole idea was hey you got this bat in your hand you got to hit the ball here's the ball you got to hit it you know mm -hmm. and so um so the big one was like okay you're up to bat mm -hmm. uh the game is you got one opportunity um you can you can hit it out the park and win this game or you can miss by striking and and you know it's down the tubes so mm -hmm. this is the big one you're up you're the man let's make it happen so that's where that kind of came uh -huh. from, you know uh -huh. and then of course the meeting that was um that was a um um a a visualization of what it may have been like for um um Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X to have met. So in the meeting is two person are just talking to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're having a, a very intense uh conversation mm. about um two totally different approaches and perspectives as to how uh we deal with uh social unrest and injustice in this country, for example. Yeah. And so, uh, and this, of course, would, would have taken place back in the 1960s. So um, two intellectuals, um, uh, you might say, you know, equally yoked in terms of how they were positioning their, 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 um, uh, their argument. Yeah. Um, and, and, and their approach, of course, was totally different. But that's where that came from. I went to see this play back in the early 1990s called The Meeting. And mm -hmm. that's what uh, that was. That was the play. Uh, you know, they never met like that, mm -hmm. but but that's where the the idea of that painting actually came from. Wow. Yeah. Actually, when I when I look at a painting, actually, I somehow I feel like somehow I, my thought like occurred to me is Martin Luther King somehow like meeting with someone, right? Yeah. Now. So I, yeah. I don't know what convey, conveys that, but somehow that's what occurred to me. Like, is, yeah. is, is, Martin, is, is Martin Luther King in here somewhere? And I, I was wondering it's, about that. <laughs> but you're, you're right on, uh, Shu. That's exactly uh, what that painting is all about. Wow. Uh, those two at the time, um, again, they, they were uh, very, uh, uh, you know, they, they, were, they were young, mm -hmm. uh, but they were highly rated intellectuals. Uh, um, uh, in terms of how we we move the country forward, in terms of um, um, uh, you know equality, civil rights, yeah. uh, those type of things that were uh, uh, you know that were were very extremely prevalent uh, uh, during that time because we were trying to get there, mm -hmm. and and also even today, I mean, you know, we still have things that we're we're working on and trying to move the country forward mm -hmm. uh, as a whole. But yeah. uh, but that's what that was based on uh, at the time. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All yeah. Right. That, but that I, hey, that's 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 very very interesting that you picked up on that yeah. uh, without even knowing. I mean, that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Somehow, yeah, it just uh, just came to me. So I think that's because I, I think somehow maybe you express it through that painting. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because I only only mentioned those names when someone asked me. 
uh, about the painting, you know, which is, uh, which is cool. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> awesome. So what does art means to you? Like what is art to you? Oh, wow. Um, art to me is, um, a, a, a visual, uh, uh, expression of someone's, uh, creativity. Hmm. Um, and, um, for me, it's, it's just creative expression because now I'm putting something together hmm. that, um, uh, says something about who I am mm-hmm. and, and now it's visual mm-hmm. and now I'm sharing with someone. So, you know, what, what I put out there mm-hmm. might be to me one thing, mm-hmm. but for someone to see it could be completely yeah. something different and you know as one would say it's all in the eye of the beholder in terms of what you you get from it or what you take away Mm -hmm. um uh you know some things don't move you yeah um but most of them do one way or the other either you hate it or or you like it you know so so some 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 artwork that you know you might go to a show Mm -hmm. uh and see on display um uh, for a, a, a novice, it, they might see something that they go, ah, that's, I can do that. That's crappy yeah. work, you know. But yeah. for me, I never look at it like that, you know, mm-hmm. because, again, you know, there's, there's something there. And, and as an artist, then you, you have an appreciation for what that person has put together. Yeah. Uh, it could be very simple mm-hmm. or it could be very complex, you know. It, it yeah. just depends. Yeah, it's like uh, recently, like last December, right, there's an artist just cook a banana and duct tape yeah. out the wall. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was so nice, what, 120K, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that one? Well, and I know there, there are those times and examples where um, things like that can be very striking because it's like, wow, I mean, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it goes back to the person that, that, that it, it communicated uh, yeah. with or it mm-hmm. spoke to. Yeah. Uh, and so what's, what moves you is, is going to be different from say what moves someone else. Yeah. And, and so you'll never know that um, yeah. it, it, until uh, or unless you talk with that person. Yeah. Uh, the artists, um, again, I think in many cases, art, artists will do something just to get a reaction. Maybe mm. they're not even thinking about it for the purposes of making money. Yeah. Uh, or 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 uh, someone actually appreciating it, appreciating it to the point to where they uh, they want to hang it in their home or house. Mm-hmm. Um, um, one of the one of the things I always say that if you if if you go out and create a piece of art, yeah, and it doesn't strike anyone one way or the other, then then it's it's not happening. Yeah, uh, because you know. You want you want it to connect somehow, one way or the other. It it may not connect. I mean, yeah. if someone walks up and sees something and and they it, it's a turnoff for them, okay, so it, it's it's talking, it's doing something. Yeah. <laughs> might be a turnoff, may not be what the kind of reaction that you want, but yeah. but it's doing something. Or they might come up and they really love it. But if yeah. they come up and and there's no kind of reaction, mm-hmm. there's no response. Yeah. then, you know, yeah, that, that could be considered perhaps in many cases a flop. I see, I see. Yeah, art is pretty subjective. Yeah. It is, very, very, so, very. So do you think you 
see things differently as an artist? Like when you walk around maybe not every day, like do you think you maybe perceive things differently as an artist? Well, I mean, you know, I think there's a common thread, uh, no matter who you talk with uh, as an artist, um, you know, that clear creative player. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we're all unique mm -hmm. and um, um, no one will ever see it quite exactly the same way and um, no one will do it quite exactly the same way. And, and that's the beauty of it all, because mm -hmm. if it was a, a standard way of looking at it, uh, perceiving it and doing it, uh, then, you know, it's, it's cookie cutter and, and that gets boring. So mm -hmm. the, the, the bottom line is you want to keep it exciting. You want it to be fresh. Uh, there, there's always a newness about it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's always and constantly evolving. And, and I think that's the, the, the creative spirit that you get from all artists because they're not going to be ever, I mean, like myself, I'm never satisfied. Uh, mm -hmm. with what I do, because when mm -hmm. I finish it, it's like, oh man, I could have done this. I could have done that. Could have tweaked yeah. it. Could have, you know, um, and so, but you move on to the next project. And yeah. so you, you, because now it's, it, there might be something from the previous project that you can implement or incorporate into this new project. And so you just want to consistently and continually evolve. And, and that's the growth aspect of it. Mm. Uh, once you stop growing, then, you know, it's, it, you're, you're done, you know? Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think that reminds me of uh, uh, Da Vinci, I think Mona Lisa, right? I think he, uh, he worked on there for like 25 years uh, yeah. until he died, right? So he, he never thought it was finished, right? So he kept Right, going. right. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the way it is. I mean, you, you uh, because again, I, I never get to a point to where there's absolutely nothing else mm. that I could do. Mm. Uh, because when I finish it or when I think I'm finished, uh, I look at it and I say, well, I could have done that or I could do yeah. this. Mm -hmm. but, but you have to have a point to where, you know, okay, we're going to cut it right here and we're going to move on. Mm -hmm. um, and, and by doing so, if you're moving on, that just means that you still got some other things that you, you, you want to do. Mm -hmm. Your work isn't done. So you keep moving, uh, forging ahead. Nice, nice. So when did you transition into economic development? Oh, well, I used to, uh, I used to work back in the, the mid eighties for a uh, small R and D uh, firm. It was yeah. technology based. We developed uh, what we call information system. Mm -hmm. And um, I contract for Georgia power at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I got my training over at Georgia tech mm -hmm. uh, on this, this, this very sophisticated computer system that was all about graphics. Mm. Uh, graphic arts, because that's one of the things that you couldn't take when I was in college because it wasn't taught. Mm -hmm. uh, this was before we got so so heavy duty into uh, computers and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, what I would, I, re, I remember watching the 1984 Summer Olympics and and mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the graphics at that time. Of course, by today's standard, they probably look pretty crude, but mm -hmm. at that time, it's just new stuff, mm -hmm. and and I was just in awe with how uh, things were spinning and twisting and the colors, um, uh, the way the light was hitting various angles and things like that. And so it became very intriguing uh, to me. And it's like, I, I wanna really understand, I wanna do that. I wanna do that myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I was already painting and whatnot, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I wanna do that. So um, with uh, Georgia Power was getting into economic development at that time. Uh, the way they did it is that by having this cutting edge technology, they could take then a 200 
acre site that had nothing except wood, mm -hmm. trees, uh, fields, whatever it might be, yeah. nothing there. The idea was to uh, then do a before and, and, and after scenario. So uh, the competitiveness then was to be able to show before and after to a would-be um, developer company mm -hmm. that saw that land that they could put that site on, but just didn't have the visual to sell it. Mm -hmm. So by being able to quickly do this stuff um, on the computer, mm. and then being able to show that, to a developer or show this to um, Firestone, for example, it's like, wow, this is exactly what, what we'd like to do. So they were able to, in many cases, uh, sign a contract without ever taking a company to that particular site because they saw what they were able to do with the technology. Uh, that saved time, it saved money. Uh, it was a win-win situation. And, uh, and so a lot of that information then were the graphics mm -hmm. that were created by myself and other artists. I see. So that was, that was your, your job. Your job was to create those graphics. That's correct. A, a yeah. Vision of that. What's not the right. You know, from an artist, I take a painting, a canvas, mm -hmm. a raw canvas. Yes. But nothing on it. Mm -hmm. But I can visually see the end before I begin. Mm hmm. I right. can see the end result before I even start painting it, right? You know, yeah. it's just a blank canvas, but I can see what the finished piece will be before I start it. Mm -hmm. And so with economic development, that, that crossover is that, again, I kind of alluded to it, but you mm -hmm. can take a hundred square, I mean, a hundred acres and visualize the possibilities mm -hmm. of a, a manufacturing plant or a distribution or logistics or headquarters whatever it might be, you can visualize the possibilities of that site mm -hmm. before land disturbance or construction ever begin. You mm -hmm. can see it, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a visualization. So as an economic developer, they can see these solutions mm -hmm. to problems or issues before they, they, they actually craft a deal. You know, mm -hmm. They're just talking or having a conversation. So as an artist, you can do the same thing. So, so, so you're saying that your ability to visualize help you to see the bigger picture of like what's- the, the possibilities, yeah, there you go, absolutely. So yeah. if you can see the possibilities, then you can articulate or you can, you can talk that to some, you can talk that, talk through with someone else um, uh, what the, the possibility is. Mm -hmm. uh, you, can, you, can, you can then get them to see mm. what you're seeing, if that yeah. makes sense. You know, so, yeah, coming back they don't the, have a you know a, a knack for that. I see. So coming back to the imagination and creative, creative. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely, that's it. Yep, you said it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have done it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I feel like I succeeded there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why you get into in economic development instead of staying on doing like computer graphics? Like, oh, so so. Um, um, once I became uh, educated to what economic development was all about, meeting people, meeting developers, meeting brokers, meeting businesses uh, that wanted to um, uh, create jobs, that wanted to make an investment, um, basically, I wanted to get into being one of those folks. Um, I'm now meeting people. Um, I'm talking to 
um, what it would take to, 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 to get that uh, company to locate. So mm -hmm. now I get into all of this stuff about um, you know, creating incentive design. Mm -hmm. so, so what would incent you uh, to come here? to mm -hmm. Atlanta, for example, versus say going to Birmingham mm -hmm. or locating in Dallas, you know, some of the uh, places that we might compete with as a city yeah. in terms of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So if I could get a company to locate to my, my community, mm -hmm. that means I'm going to um, uh, not just create jobs and investment, mm -hmm. but I'm also going to contribute to the tax base. By having a healthy tax base, that means that now you know, our transportation infrastructure is going to be better. Our parks are going to be better. Mm -hmm. Our schools are going to be better. Housing will be better. Uh, mass transit, all of these things, our, our water supply, everything that you can plug into the quality of living mm -hmm. now is going to be much better because you have funding that's going to support that. Uh, mm -hmm. If you ever had a pothole mm -hmm. out in front of your home or your apartment or whatever it might be, and it stays that way for who knows how long before it's patched up. That probably means that you know that you don't have enough tax funding to maybe patch it up. So you got to wait until you you collect to fill that pothole. So or if you, what's should that? I call, should I just call Maceo and say, hey? <laughs> <laughs> as long as you got the money, shoes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> But so it's all about, you know, infrastructure and, 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 and the well-being of a community that that's, that's where economic development comes in. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, I mean, you know, it should be everybody's business is what I say, because uh, the quality of your living um, is all tied to it. You know, you, you mm -hmm. cannot escape it. So if you're lacking, mm -hmm. that means that you probably don't have the business there. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't have the jobs there, you won't have the people there. Mm. You don't have the people, then you're not going to have the housing because there's not going to be a demand or anything like that. So everything yeah. then kind of goes down the pipeline, you know. But so sounds like it's a cycle, right? You need to have the people there. Now you can attract business. Mm -hmm. And then, but how? What's the most fundamental thing to get it started? Like to get it start a cycle of reinforcement each other. Well, I think, you know, uh, a couple of things, but one of the, one of the, the cycles for, for getting it started is having good schools. You always hear about, you know, quality schools. Um, yeah. uh, business leaders will look at, in particular, if they got kids, they will definitely yeah. look at uh, the quality of the schools mm -hmm. uh, because they want their kids to be in a good public school yeah. or they want them to be in a good private school. If you don't have the quality schools nine times out of ten, that's going to impact their decision as to whether or not they will come to your community. And then, of course, what we hear about a lot today, though, more importantly also, or equally as important in many cases, is workforce development, workforce yeah. training. Yeah. A lot of the jobs that are coming out now are very, very automated, uh, you know, tied to computers. Yeah. And, and if you don't have the, the, the skilled workforce uh, that, that can actually do those jobs, then nine times out of 10, that company will not look at your community. Uh, now. Got you. So uh, that's one issue about economic development, I guess, uh, is gentrific gentrification, right? And I'm not really understand, I don't really understand it very well, but I just wondering what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so, so with respect to gentrification, um, you know, you're talking about uh, enhancements mm -hmm. uh, in many cases. Um, again, you're looking at all of those things that 
that um, if you're living in a particular area uh, and you see a lot of gentrification throughout Metro Atlanta, uh, when you think about, and I'll give you a prime example. I mean, um, uh, if you ride down Memorial Drive right now, mm -hmm. uh, it used to be, or no, I'll, I'll give you a better example. Mm -hmm. um, where the old dojo used to be uh, yeah. back in the 80s, uh, it was an old industrial area. Mm -hmm. um, you were afraid to go to that area because mm -hmm. of, of, of just the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when we located there over uh, off of uh, uh, near Emmon Park, um, you know, we made sure that we, uh, uh, we, we had a partner system going on. Mm -hmm. So you didn't go there and be there by yourself. You didn't go there and leave there by yourself, but you, you looked out for each other because, you know, there, there was crime. Mm -hmm. And so you just had to be extremely careful, uh, which is what you want to do anyhow, but yeah. you just need that, that way more so. Um, but, you know, when, when, when new investment started moving into the area, yeah. it started to drive property values up. Yeah. And now suddenly the property value, uh, our values are going up so much that um, our dojo couldn't mm -hmm. afford the rents because now the rents are going up because... Oh, wow you know, uh, uh, the municipalities, the state and the county are, you know, requiring that you, you pay more in taxes. So um, where the landlord, what the landlord is going to do is then pass that on to you. Yeah. Uh, tenant. You're leasing the space. <laughs> so your rent is going to go up every year if, 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 if property values are going to appreciate. And of course, that's what you want. I mean, everybody wants to be an appreciating market and that sort of thing. But what it also means is that, um, uh, in many cases, you know, you wouldn't be able to afford to stay there. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to have to move elsewhere so that um, um, you're not driven to the point to where you can enjoy uh, mm -hmm. your life because it's all being eaten up by, you know, your, your cost of living, like yeah. uh, your utilities and your rent or your mortgage or, you know, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And so even though you see the enhancements, uh, yeah. nice streets, um, sidewalks, um, again, parks, yeah. water fountains, all of those things, wayfinding in terms of, you know, the directional signs that's going to get you from one point to another. Mm -hmm. Got the path, for example, mm -hmm. uh, all, all components of uh, gentrification. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, when you get into the, um, uh, uh, the, the social aspect, yeah. Uh, in many cases, people cannot afford to stay there unless they, they have well, good paying jobs uh, mm -hmm. and making the income to, uh, you know, pay the, uh, for the cost of, of being there. And so yeah. um, it's good, but it's it's it doesn't have the equity uh, or equitable component mm -hmm. that would allow you to stay there if you desire to. But if you don't make enough money, you can't do it like that. Yeah. So. So trying to create that balance now is kind of where, you know, in many cases, jurisdictions are moving into, and you hear a lot of that uh, with respect to the city of Atlanta, mm -hmm. when it talks about, you know, um, living along the path. Everybody wants to be there. It's a high in demand kind of location, but not everybody can afford to live on the path yeah. uh, because it's just, it's pretty costly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so talking about dojo and like getting nice. Uh, so, is that why dojo, an uh, old dojo, moved to a new place? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, so a couple of reasons: um, cost, mm -hmm. uh, the plate, the, the the area was changing. A mm -hmm. uh, lot more businesses moving in versus what was there when we first got there, because we were basically um, uh, we we were the first investors over there to say, yeah. "Hey, look, you know, let's try this out." You know, 
we figured, yeah, it should be okay because we were martial artists and, you know, we, 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 we had this attitude, who's going to come in here, you know, and, and tamper with us if we're, you know, we're trained <laughs> to defend and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. that was pretty good. Uh, the other, the other thing though, was, was just space. Um, you know, we, we had no parking. Everything was really along the street. Mm. Um, and, and, and the space itself, the dojo space, yeah. uh, we were running out. So you had building space, uh, that was being, uh, uh, limited. Uh, you had parking that was limited and you had costs that was going up and up and up, uh, year after year. And, uh, so as we grew in terms of our, um, uh, our students, mm-hmm. uh, membership, uh, the dojo wasn't getting bigger, uh, not unless we knocked out a wall, and we did that one time yeah. uh, and expanded. Uh, but that didn't uh, that didn't resolve the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we kept growing uh, in, in popularity, so we had people who wanted to uh, train and work out, and, and of course we did great marketing uh, mm-hmm. and promotional efforts, uh, which got the word out. And so by doing so, you know you had adults parents with kids, mm-hmm. uh, friends, neighbors, uh, relatives. Uh, it allowed us to grow and, and, and we were able to do that in many cases exponentially because there, was, there were times that we couldn't even start a new class because we were just packed out. Wow. That was at the old space. We, I don't think we've actually experienced that at the, uh, at the current space. Nice, nice. But, uh, but it was a, it was a, it was a pretty cool problem to have. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, but, but we definitely was in one of those modes where, um, you know, after each test, we were ready to bring on, you know, new, uh, yeah. new folk. Uh, and, and of course, if you were too packed in, you couldn't do that. So you, there were, there were times when we didn't have a new beginners group because, you know, we had to let some of the folk migrate, you know, mm-hmm. move on up, you know, in the ranking. And then of course, as life would have it, some folk would have to drop out for various reasons. Mm-hmm. You'd always have that attrition to kick in, mm-hmm. but then that allowed us, in many cases, to uh, uh, to start a new class. I see. Yeah. So when when did you when did you first started training in Shoe? Nineteen eighty-two, summer of nineteen eighty-two, June to be exact, and so oh, wow. month of June, and uh, so yeah, it's been been a while. What what summer of nineteen eighty-two? Yes. Okay, so what what prompted you to start I started martial arts and some Hey, you know, I, I used to watch Bruce Lee growing up in the sixties. Always wanted to do it. Um, had a buddy who uh, who worked with one of the instructors at the time at a uh, uh, photography lab. Mm-hmm. They struck up a conversation uh, one day uh, while at work. Uh, after work, he came by and and told me about it. I wasn't I wasn't home at the time because I was mm-hmm. working. Yeah. Uh, but then the very next day came back by and uh, told me about his experience. And uh, that's when we were doing classes just on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated by it. And I said, well, hey, I'd love to go and check it out. Uh, so I went with him the next day, which is that Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, from that point, um, I, I was hooked. Oh, wow. What, hooked. What, what hooked you? What hooked me? Oh well, uh, again, it was it was the uh, the, the fascination of of, of of watching Bruce Lee uh, uh, growing up in the sixties uh, and seventies. You know, starting out with the Blue Hornet back. I mean, the Green Hornet back yeah. in the sixties. I don't know if you remember that movie or not. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and then of course watching some of his efforts. Uh, you know, uh, Enter the Dragon and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mr. Fury and all uh, whatnot back in the uh, back in the seventies. Um, that. Um, 
that got me more hooked. And so when there was this opportunity then to do this stuff, um, that's what I did and that's what I wanted to do. And, and it came about. Now, of course, uh, it doesn't take long once you get there that your, 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 your ideology changes because uh, when I started, it was all about, you know, defense, protection, being tough and stuff like that. Where, you know, you're young, you're in your 20s, early 20s to be exact. And uh, uh, at least I was at the time. And so uh, that's the attitude. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, once you start working out and start getting into the philosophy and all that kind of good stuff, then it changes. You have a different approach, a different way of thinking about it. And then mm -hmm. you realize, yeah, it's not about me, you know, going out and being tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's about really me discovering really who I am mm -hmm. uh, spiritually, mentally and, and physical and, and, and developing from that point, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So, um, is that so... How when like how how was your night like, in the first week of class how was your how was your like first training and something you you know the very first time uh um I, when i went there and saw uh, all of those students um, um working out or at the time just getting ready to work out mm -hmm. uh, they were all standing around in geese uh, and mm -hmm. uh we didn't have we only had two black belts at the time that was uh, david smith who was the founder he kicked yeah. it off here something too and uh, Joel Markwell, he was uh, uh, he was a good friend. Uh, they uh, he came along and and uh, uh, kicked it off as well. Started teaching, and so uh, and then of course we had um, I think maybe one or two brown belts. Uh, we had a host of green belts, you know, uh, uh, one and two brown stripes uh, types. And then of course you know you uh, you had your uh, two green and one green, mm -hmm. and then just your plain white belt. So that was the the, the setup then, and um, there weren't a whole lot of students, but there were there were good good crop to have you know um, you know uh, several folk at, at each rank you know so uh, so when I saw that I I was like wow these guys are all they look mean <laughs> there was that so 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 it struck fear you know yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, but you know that quickly went away as well once I got into it you know. Yeah, yeah. So no, but that was that first week. Uh, that was that before, was that. Yeah, that was before Sensei Mary. Yes, yes, yes. She she wasn't there at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, she came on. She she would uh, she would start visiting. That's when we were located over uh, in the Morningside uh, area neighborhood. Um, yeah. Off of uh, uh, Piedmont Avenue, and there used to be an old uh, well, it's Morningside Elementary School. They had a gymnasium. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would uh, uh, we would rent space there uh, during that time. Okay. So how was uh, how was Sensei uh, David Smith like? Yeah. How was he? How was he like? Oh, he was. Uh, uh, David was. He was a. Uh, he, he was a great guy. Uh, uh, he was. Uh, he would certainly push you. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, he uh, he wanted to um, uh, really uh, pull the best out of you. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he was very fast. He was, uh, he was good with, uh, uh, his tambo drills and whatnot. Uh, mm -hmm. and, um, uh, you know, everybody was, was younger back in those days and, mm -hmm. uh, and they were, um, uh, their, their skills showed that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and then of course, as you continue to work out, you know, things start changing, yeah. but, um, but he was good. He was, uh, he would give you a great, great workout, uh, mm -hmm. always. Uh, he and Joel both were like that, 
-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and that's kind of where that kind of, uh, that structure of, of working out and feeling like I've had a good push uh, in terms of working out came from as well, because mm -hmm. uh, those guys would drive us uh, getting started. And, and that's where it, it kind of uh, kicked off. So why did he decide to start something shoe? Because uh, a lot of people, right, when they move, they have they they got that thought belt, but not everybody was like tried to start a dojo, right? So why did he? Yeah, yeah. So so there was another guy by the name of uh, uh, um, uh, uh, not Jeff Dallin, but um, uh, he had a situation where um, you have like. You know, people graduate from school, mm -hmm. and um, they um, they come to a place like Atlanta, and you discover that um, you were like, say, down in Gainesville, and now you got a buddy or a friend who was down in Gainesville. These guys all worked out together down um, with um, um, uh, O Sensei, mm -hmm. and so when they came to Atlanta for jobs and work and things like that, and discovered that um, um, hey you know, you're in town, I'm in town. Um, um, you know, it was like, hey, why don't we get together and work out? Mm -hmm. And so it was really just kind of started. Um, it, it was it was one of those things that didn't have really a structure to say, hey, let's start a school, mm -hmm. but rather let's just get together and work out and practice and do some stuff. Mm -hmm. And as people caught on and saw that happening, it was like, okay, maybe this is the making for uh, maybe a school. And so uh -huh. it kicked off that way. Now, um, that happened really about a year before I came on uh, oh, back in 81. So uh, it was about probably close to a year and a half, maybe um, after it got started when uh, I heard about it through this buddy mm -hmm. of mine and went there um, and and got um, started from that point. Wow. So you were one of the earliest students of something shoe. Yeah, yeah. That's quite a long time, like 30, almost like 40 years. What kept you in some, what made you stay in some issue and I stay? Oh, just, just the enjoyment of it. Uh, just uh, the, um, uh, you know, the friendship. Mm -hmm. um, the, again, the, um, the, the, the development of oneself. Um, mm -hmm. Over the years, I've, I've seen where I've benefited from it mm -hmm. uh, by just basically um, staying in shape mm -hmm. uh, and at the same time learning stuff that i didn't know mm -hmm. um that was that was um one of one of my things uh that really drove me is when i when i graduated from uh, from college i didn't want to just get a job come home and and do nothing yeah um i wanted to be engaged with um i wanted to stay somehow in a learning uh continuous mm -hmm. um educational yeah. environment yeah. and i thought that when I started doing martial arts, I thought that that was a nice way of doing that because I would be learning new stuff, uh, forms, um, philosophy. And when I, when I really got the more or less the holistic approach behind mm -hmm. Kung Nu, it really uh, took it to the next level because I'm saying, all right, uh, we're not just getting together and learning how to kick, kick and punch and chop and, 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 and do those kind of things. Uh, but we are getting together to work out, learn all of those things that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. But now we're having to take tests, mm -hmm. uh, written exams, you know. Yeah. We're having to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, we're having to write papers. In yeah. many cases, folk will go off and write books. Mm -hmm. uh, we're having to conduct um, 
you know, seminars and workshops. Uh, um, you're leading, you're, you're, you're required to teach whether you want to or not, if you're going to continue. Yeah. So all of these things started to multiply mm -hmm. and they made sense to me. Um, that, that was the healthy aspect of it because I'm thinking, wow, well, I'm always, um, you know, uh, churning it in this environment as long as I stick with it. Mm -hmm. And so it also helped me in, in terms of my work because, you know, uh, in economic development, I do a lot of speaking to groups, uh, to leaders, to businesses and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I found that having to do those kind of things in martial arts, speaking, teaching, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing, uh, also um, uh, benefited me from just my work. The, yeah. the, the one thing that I think many people experience when they get up to speak in public mm -hmm. is stage fright. Um, yeah. And but the more you do it, mm -hmm. uh, the more confident you are, yeah. and the better you are at it. And um, um, you always then can some things. If you figure you're going to probably be asked to say something or speak mm -hmm. or whatever, yeah. then you always have something to say. And so you're always kind of more, more or less prepared. And so. Um, so Kung Nu has helped with respect to that, without a doubt, mm -hmm. uh, because, um, again, as long as I was having to do something like that on a weekly mm -hmm. basis, that kept me uh, in practice. Um, it kept me um, in a ready state. So if I was called on to get up and talk off the cuff about, uh, you know, particularly like in martial arts or whatever, or mm -hmm. in, in the arts or, mm -hmm. or in Kung Nu. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could do it. And I think that anybody else uh, that's that's doing Kung Nu right now, uh, working out like you and I are, uh, mm -hmm. could say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you explore other styles and all during that during the, during that time? No, not really. I, I simply kept to, you know, the styles that are with, within Kung Nu. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I would um, um, I would 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 obviously, uh, you know, become interested in um, um, look at stuff like say Kung Fu and things like that, that you would hear about. Um, but because I think with work and, um, uh, at, at one point I was going to school and doing martial arts as well. Mm -hmm. uh, when I, when I was doing my computer programming stuff, I yeah. thought that, you know, I just focused on what I, I really felt like, mm -hmm. like I could handle. Mm -hmm. And, and I always think that it's good, you know, when people would go off and, do other styles and come back and share. Mm -hmm. um, I just never got to that point. Mm -hmm. I felt that there was enough here mm -hmm. that kept me engaged mm -hmm. and kept me focused uh, and and worked me over enough that well, you know, if I if I do this, I should be able to uh, um, to to feel complete. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I always applaud those who go out um, and do other things because you know the exposure is great and you can yeah. always come back and share something with someone else that may not have uh, you know uh, done other styles not to say that that won't ever happen yeah. uh, there's still time <laughs> exactly so yeah. and ha so have you have you done any paintings or art of, for martial arts of martial art you know that is something sure that i have yet to do now i've done sketches yes uh, yeah. but i've not done an actual painting and i and i've always uh, kind of question myself about that I'm not I don't know what it is uh, I've just never I've never done it but um, I think that a lot of um, a lot of my work uh, or at least I think you can see a lot of martial arts in some of the things that I that I do okay. um, 
Uh, but yeah, I've done sketches and things like that, but I've not done like a, a big painting or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, reason that's because I, I, I look at your portfolio, like gallery of your, your work, right? I see some baseball, basketball. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Hmm. I'm yeah. very disappointed. There's no martial arts. <laughs> hey, Sue, it's coming, man. It's coming. You know, it's it's one of those things where it, it, you know the 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 subject matter, um, and and the the uh, I do a lot of stylized work, you know, and so it has to hit you, and and so uh, so that's what 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 uh, what what will happen here. Uh, it's gonna hit me. I know it is because I've had it floating around in my head. Yeah. But the idea of, of, of what I want it to be has to be there as well. And yeah, so yeah. Uh, just uh, do so more. Stay, stay tuned. <laughs> I will stay tuned. All right. Looking forward to it. Do you have any uh, uh, like Sensei Mary stories? Oh, boy. Well, you know, uh, when my son Alex was born, uh, she, um, um, she, she would just really love holding him. Uh, I would, you know, the times that I would bring him to the dojo and just kind of, uh, you know, uh, show him off and, and to some of our gatherings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, she would like to, just like she would uh, with all of our, our dojo kids, you know, like to cuddle them and mm -hmm. hug them and all that kind of stuff. And, and so um, uh, when he was born, uh, she was very uh, helpful to my, my wife, Sharon, and I, mm -hmm. because she did, uh, she did some babysitting for us. Oh, really? And so one, yeah, so she would come over and do baby, she would babysit mm -hmm. and, uh, and we would go out and grab a, a, a meal, you know, dinner. And, uh, but one time she came over, um, uh, Sharon had been trying to get Alex to just calm down. He was crying just relentlessly and all. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it. But when she got here, she grabbed him and she just uh, rubbed his, 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 uh, his tummy. Mm -hmm. And it was just so soothing. Uh, she was holding him, and he just drifted off to sleep. Oh, and, wow. and it was like the it, it, within two minutes. I mean, and he was just out. And so we just thought that was very astounding. And so she, wow. you might say, she had Zen touch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. we, uh, uh, and so from that moment, I mean, you know, I said, okay, you are the one. You you, you got to do this. You got to help us with this, you know. And so uh -huh. and so she would. And so she started. Um, uh, babysitting for us, uh, you know, on a regular basis when we needed her to, and and sometimes she just wanted to come over and see him and and, yeah. and say, hey, you guys go out and you know grab a bite or you know go to see a movie or something like that. I want to I want to visit with Alex, you know, and yeah, so yeah. and so yes, yeah, so it was it was great. She was she was uh, she was a true champion without a doubt. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, she she you know outside of that, which was just one that you know you know related from a family perspective, but out, outside of that. I mean, she was just a a true uh, go getter. Uh, she uh, she would spend the time with you, uh, working out. She uh, she could recall. Um, she had information all the time and just stored away in her head. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, she had a knack for just being able to, um, um, you know, walk through and break things down on, on spot. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 to the to the to the, the point that that you really grasp what she was uh, what she was saying and, mm -hmm. and 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 where she was going and and she was just um, uh, I was always just amazed with uh, how she could come up with so many variations application wise mm -hmm. uh, uh, she would just just kick those things out you know um, mm -hmm. on spot and so she was. Um, she was just excellent with that. And uh, it showed that she certainly had mastered um, um, 
you know, her, her skills, mm-hmm. um, you know, her talents um, over the years, because um, uh, it was, it, when you work out with her, it was on full display. Mm, okay. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All yeah, right. We, we truly missed her when she, uh, you know, when she left. So in the transition to a few uh, questions, uh, like lessons and advice. So, yeah. uh, so do you have a past failure or failures that you have learned a lot from? Oh, yeah, you know, um, certainly. I, I think that, um, um, which in many cases make, you know, make you stronger. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've certainly uh, had failures that um, um, I didn't uh, uh, perhaps perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, or produce uh, as as well as I should have, and mm-hmm. and that has come in in way of my uh, my artistic skill, mm-hmm. um, uh, but also in way of my martial arts uh, practice. Uh, whereas if you you you're not totally satisfied with with your output, mm-hmm. and you feel like you have to go back and try it again, uh, other times you might be satisfied, but you know you're satisfied from your perspective and. And perhaps it wasn't from the the, uh, the perspective of the onlooker, and so um, I think the the main thing though is not to um, to beat yourself mm. up so badly, um, because in many cases um, when you do that, you 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 uh, stifle yourself to to move forward. You know you uh, you know some of us I think can be very critical of ourselves, and uh, based on our failures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we might hold our head down and think that we're an absolute failure, mm-hmm. and and that's not good. I mean, I think you have to uh, look at it as one of those moments when um, you uh, you were down for the count, but you can pick it up, try it again, and and move forward, and actually um, 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 be successful uh, next time around. Yeah, yeah. So not not getting like uh, what do you all despair or something just keep going right so, right right so absolutely you have an example of like your maybe something that you see as a failure in the past uh something i see as a failure in the past um well i can i can think of many examples but uh, i'll just give you one i mean um when i was in school i simply didn't study well enough to pass the exam Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I failed the exam and I, and I paid for it. Um, mm-hmm. I should have passed it, but I, I didn't have the level of, of, of seriousness attached to it at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that was just an example. But when, um, was, when was that? Uh, this is when I was in college, just you know, uh, okay. uh, years ago. <laughs> you were you were going to parties, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, too much partying. You know, uh, uh, you know, you, it's, it, it it takes one of those things where you have to realize that you're there uh, for a reason and that's to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to become real, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's a, a, a part of just growing mm-hmm. and maturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that once you um, have failures that say something that uh, perhaps was more important to you than you realized mm-hmm. um, and you, you fail at it, mm-hmm. then you realize that, hey, suddenly, this is real for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if I don't put in what's needed to be successful at this, mm-hmm. then I'm never going to get to where I'm trying to go. And so mm-hmm. once you, you get that kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, locked into your, your, uh, your, your mindset, mm-hmm. uh, then I think you're better to uh, uh, 
better off in doing, you know, what you're trying to achieve. Who is or was the most influ influential person in your life? I'd say uh, probably my mother and grandmother, um, you know, really got, um, uh, you know, one of the, the things that was, was uh, said to me growing up, um, um, whatever you want to do, do it while you're young. Because once you age a little bit, it gets harder and harder and harder. Uh -huh. so, I, so I keep that philosophy, you know, and, and I try and share that. I mean, if you got some things that you want to do it now, man, I mean, do it now that you want to actually do. Um, uh, because as you age and as you get older, then it, it, the challenge, it's not like you can't still do it. It's just mm -hmm. that it becomes a little bit tougher to do, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess a lot of times I want way like to do stuff and when they are retired, but when you retire, you don't have no physical, you have time, but you don't have no physical. There uh, you go. To do it, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You don't have, you don't have the energy. Uh, you may not have um, um, the stamina. I mean, it's, it's, you know, all these things uh, and, and you might be limited physically, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so, yeah, you have these things that you have to consider. So when you're young and gung-ho and you got, you know, you're just bubbling with energy and uh, uh, stamina, whereas you can stay up all night like I used to do, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, creating art and whatnot. I mean, you know, there was, there was no, uh, there was nothing that I couldn't uh, handle for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I had that kind of energy, you know, and so I used it. Uh, and, and all you want to do is make sure and hope that you're using it in the right way. Mm -hmm. So did, you, did your parents like, read to you or encouraged to read when you're young? Yeah, but not, not as much. Um, you know, most of the time, you know, when I was growing up, um, you know, you, um, now my mother would certainly help with homework and things like that. Um, but um, in many cases, again, you know, coming home from work and having to um, uh, cook a meal or two um, uh, mm -hmm. or just get it prepared dinner. Uh, was uh, was a major task. Uh, you know, when I was growing up uh, in, in my early years, we didn't have like um, electrical stoves or gas yeah. stoves. Uh, you had wooden stoves. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, shoot, sure, you wouldn't know about that, right? You know. yeah. But but that meant that you literally had to come in, for example, and start a wood fire mm -hmm. uh, just to do uh, to cook a simple meal. Yeah. Uh, because you you couldn't come in and just turn it on. You know, you had to you had to start it up, you know, it had to get hot enough. It took a little time for that to happen for things to start simmering and, and cooking and baking. And so that was the case. So it, it, you know, it took time to get to that point, mm. uh, especially if you're starting it up. And so by the time you, you got to eat, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty late in the day gotcha. or the evening, I should say. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so what is your greatest struggle right now? Um, Time, mm -hmm. you know, uh, time is, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, you, you always want a little, a little bit more of it. Uh, you know, if you can, uh, if you, and, and time management is good. Mm -hmm. It just seems that in many, many cases, we uh, uh, don't always manage it as well as we mm -hmm. can. Uh, sometimes we do, but I think time is probably uh, one of my biggest challenges of, uh, because there are so many things I want to do, mm -hmm. but then I, you know, I have to prioritize things just to mm -hmm. get things done. You know? Mm. So you time? Do you mean you are busy with work, or do you mean you don't? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm. I'm. Uh, you know. I'm. I'm busy with work. Um, uh, I'm busy with uh, with art when I'm. I'm doing it. Um, I. Um, you know. Of course. I. I teach uh, the kids on Saturdays. 
Um, I, uh, I'm active in my church. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, those things, yeah, tends to, uh, to take time. Now, of course, you know, pandemic has changed things a, a bit. Yeah. And, uh, and so um, uh, time has shifted, but it's kind of interesting because uh, my days now feel with more meetings than, than I can really handle with, with Zoom and yeah. WebEx and um, uh, team um, uh, members and, and um, blue jeans. I mean, all of these applications uh, that have come out since the pan pandemic has been on in mm -hmm. here. Um, now things just, that they're just put on your calendar, meetings are scheduled yeah. um, back to back. And so you jump off one, you jump on another, you jump, you know, and it's like that all day long and you have emails and things like that. Everybody's dealing with a lot of the same stuff. I know it's just that um, you don't, uh, you don't have the, uh, the downtime in between meetings now, for example. Yeah. Uh, so used to be, used to be a time where, you know, I go to work and I had a meeting downtown where I had to, you know, uh, I had to estimate and calculate how much time it was going to take me to get there mm -hmm. uh, to the meeting on time. And then, of course, you know, getting back from that meeting to the office, you know, so you had to put that time in. So things couldn't just be back to back like meetings, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. but now they can be back to back because, you know, <laughs> you schedule a Zoom meeting at nine, you schedule another one at 10. I'm going to jump off at 945 and jump on at, at 10 or 10.01 or something like that. So you just, and it's like that, cut, cut, cut all day. Yeah, yeah. And then how about for two hours talking to me, right? So. <laughs> hey, hey, this is my last one shoot for the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so if, if, if you can have extra hour during the night to each day, what would you do in that time? Uh, create. I, I would, I would, I would do art stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, or I might, I might review, uh, uh, Kata, do something, uh, because, you know, I'm always plugging that in too, you know, um, you, you want to be, um, uh, you, you want to be physically, uh, I'll feel like you can physically do stuff and, mm -hmm. and keep moving, you know? Um, yeah. and so if you exercise your body, you should be able to, uh, to do that, but also think about, you know, uh, um, things that we teach, uh, you know, in terms of uh, resting well, eating well, exercising well, you know, um, those things that, that really uh, benefit you uh, in the long haul mm. um, based on your lifestyle mm -hmm. uh, towards continuing your efforts of uh, working out and that sort of thing. I see. Yeah, nice. And what advice would you give to your youngest, younger self? In, in your 20s uh, or 30s? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, my, uh, to my younger self, um, uh, it, it kind of goes back to something I said earlier, do it now. Mm -hmm, uh, do it. Don't, don't, in other words, don't, uh, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Mm -hmm. if, you can, yeah. if you can handle, it getting, handle getting it done right now, then um, uh, get it done, do it now. Mm -hmm. uh, why would you wait? And so you may not even get a chance to do it, you know, so yeah. it's better to just go ahead and take care of it if you can, you know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the, 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 what, what I would pass along to my uh, younger self as, as I would with um, uh, those that are now even younger than I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cause that may not be tomorrow. Right. So you never know. There, there you go. I mean, you know, uh, uh, heck you might, you know, you might slip down the stairs or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's this goes there goes with your, your right leg you know now you've cracked it or broken it and so now you can't do those things that you yeah, probably yeah. want to do <laughs> yeah. yeah so um 
Um, so how would you like to be remembered? Um, I, I think most people are going to probably uh, remember me by, uh, uh, by my art. Uh, they'll remember me uh, by, in many cases, working out at the mm -hmm. martial arts. Um, um, many uh, uh, friends and relatives know that I've been doing this for many, many years, and, and they're quite honestly um, surprised to, to hear that I still do it, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and so, again, it just becomes part of your, your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um and and i don't think you ever you know you it's it's kind of ingrained in you to if you've done it many many years not that you continue doing uh the physical aspects of it because you may not be able to because you know mm -hmm. your body changed but you know you'll have it locked away or stored away in your in your uh in your mindset you know mm -hmm. um and you will recall and reflect on those days uh when i used to you know mm -hmm do certain things yeah. uh, when I used to do demos and when I used to do this cardo, my favorite cardo, whatever it might be. And uh, uh, when I used to break boards and work out with weapons and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, you, you know, I think those things that I've done um, um, for, for a great deal of my life is uh, mm -hmm. the things that I want to be remembered by, but also um, that I was a, okay guy you know a decent yeah. guy who, who tried to treat people okay you know fair and and just and 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 uh kind and and that sort of thing you know so uh not that i was a uh you know hard nose hard to get along with yeah. um you know bad mean guy you know that but just hey i was a you know, average guy mm -hmm. decent who um enjoyed people and and you know enjoyed helping folk as well nice all right yeah. So if you can put a word or phrase or some kind of quote or message on a dojo window for like people driving by, what would that be? Uh -huh. what, what, what would it be? Um, you know, the, the, the one that I like uh, a lot, uh, and this is my, my paraphrasing it, um, um, be like water around the rock. Mm -hmm. uh, and it goes back to something that I said earlier. Um, you know, we, we'll go through life and mm -hmm. we'll have, you know, moments where we we screw things up you know mm -hmm. we just mess up um we uh, uh we were at fault uh we made a mistake mm -hmm. um uh we we didn't do well we didn't mm -hmm. do good yeah. and oftentimes you know we'll um, um you know some of these things can bring about depression and all that kind of stuff or yeah, yeah, yeah it's not feeling like you you know so uh but but don't get so hung up to where you can't continue to just kind of flow mm -hmm. because you're going to have some ups and downs, you know, and you're going to have challenges in your life that, um, uh, that will limit your ability to just kind of, uh, uh relax, take it easy and, and enjoy the moment. Um, uh, so rather than just getting all hung up, um, and, and having it kind of stop, or stymie your 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 momentum. Mm -hmm. uh, be be fluid about mm -hmm. life and and uh, uh, don't take a lot of things too serious because if you do, then you're not going to get anywhere with that anyhow. Yeah. So just be uh, be fluid. Uh, flow mm -hmm. like you know water. Mm -hmm. uh, you can put you know things in this path if it's flowing, but yeah. it just keeps flowing. It's just going to yeah. go around, go on, go over, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so not that you're going to mimic water flowing like that, you know, just not, you know, slow down or anything, 
but but just don't get to the point to where it just stops you dead in your tracks, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. You got to pick up your straps and keep going. And so that's that's a simple one. Uh, but right. that's probably one that uh, because I, I share that a lot with people, you know. Okay. Yeah. And I say, hey, look, don't 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 beat yourself up. Don't get yeah. oh, that it, you just stop doing yeah. what you're trying to accomplish. Be like Warren. Just continue to flow. Continue mm -hmm. to work at it. Continue yeah. to move forward. And mm -hmm. just maybe before you knew it, sooner than you knew it, mm -hmm. you'll get to that point to where hey, I've succeeded. I did this. I accomplished this. This is the goal that I said. I didn't think I was going to get there, but bam, yeah. I'm there <laughs> and now I'm moving on to something else. Nice. All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, that was a good place to end. I think, thank you, uh, Sente Maceo, for your time uh, to sharing your story. Well, uh, too, I, I, Shu, I just want to say, uh, man, this has been great. I, I've enjoyed it. I, I've certainly enjoyed uh, uh, you know, the array of questions that you've, you've, uh, you've had. All right, good night. All right, take care.